0: internet you're tuned into episode 97 there we go i remembered it of the podcast i'm your host pete and bessie joined as always by my very good friend mr stephen radford hello saved it pulled it out of the fire we landed the plane we're in the episode don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> just. just is this shy. like a lost situation
1: like we we're gonna if we crash landed we'd have found some other people on some random island somewhere yeah
0: you know, or or it's potentially like a uh, like a Fortnite situation where it's like where are we dropping, boys? And then I just jump out of the plane too early. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I for
1: my uh, for my fortieth birthday, I surprised all of my close friends and family and took them to a private island. <laughs> <laughs> for a second,
0: I was really confused. I was like, "Your fortieth birthday? Are we playing? How old she is? She's way older than Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. For my 30th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so welcome to the podcast. Uh, if this is your first time tuning in, we are LootPOTS.com's weekly Nintendo podcast where we get together and talk about all things Nintendo, of course, uh, you know... There are a number of ways you can get in touch with us and get your thoughts read on the air in our MailPot segment, including joining our Discord, where we've got an always growing community of Potsheads there talking about games, chatting about what they're up to these days, what they're playing, getting wrecks, all kinds of good stuff. Uh, So if you want to come be a part of that community, get your thoughts read on the air. That's probably the best place to do it. But of course, you can also follow us on social media at Loot Pots, where every Thursday before the show, we'll throw up a thread to get questions. And uh, you can also hit me up at Pete at just like uh, a ton of folks did both this and last week. So as always, if you wrote in, thank you. Uh, we appreciate your support. If you want to get some more content from us, of course, you can head over to our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Pots, where every Thursday after we record the show, Steve and I have been going live. Uh, when you're listening to this on Monday, this last week, we played uh, the age of calamity demo so uh on next week's show you'll get to know if i liked it or not let's find out tune in (laughs) steve is shaking his head no he didn't like it already so uh off to off to a good start there but we'll see how that goes uh so of course we hope you'll come join us over there uh, show your support, you know, however however you feel fit. Uh, you can also, of course, head over to our YouTube channel where we've got a uh, great library of uh, video essays and all kinds of good Nintendo content. So wherever you get your video game content, you can be sure that we're there doing it. Uh, and then, you know, last but not least, if you want to go above and beyond to show your support for the show, you can, of course, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash lupots, where for just a buck, You'll be able to get access to uh, our exclusive show, After Dark, where we keep the mics rolling for another hour and we talk about whatever else is going on in our lives. You know, uh, last week we talked a little bit about um, work and the future and saving money and all kinds of unfun adult things. Um, But also sometimes we talk about, like, PlayStation and Xbox and fun adult things. So... Uh, I hope uh, I hope you'll check it out. It's the best way for you to support what we're doing here at Loop Pots, and it'll get you a little bit of extra podcast in your feed every week. Uh, so go check it out. We got a ton of great content there, and for just a buck, you get access to every episode we've ever done. So that's like 60-some-odd hours of us talking that you can just get right in the feed right there for a buck. Hard to beat. So that's enough shilling for now. Let's hop into what we're playing this week. Uh, I'm going to kick it off. I know I said on last week's show that I was going to try to kick the tires on Pokemon. I just did not really have, like, much motivation to game this week. I'm, like, kind of, like, in a bit of a slump. I'm ready for something new, you know? And uh, I beat the Red Lantern, which I talked about last week, and I really enjoyed. But um, coming off of that, I didn't really feel like jumping back into Hades, and I don't Mm -hmm. really feel like playing anything else. So I've kind of just been, like, watching TV and stuff. But the one thing that... Um, that did catch my attention was, in fact, the Pikmin 3 demo. I knew I wanted to play that before it dropped, and I knew I wanted to uh, unlock that uh, ultra-spicy difficulty and <laughs> you know, the extra little bells and whistles that you get. So I kicked the tires on that one, and uh, I'm really looking forward to that game. I think it's going to be like the perfect um, distraction for me in this last week before uh, before the next-gen consoles show up.
1: See, I'm really struggling now because I wasn't gonna get Pikmin because Cyberpunk was coming out in like two weeks, and now I'm just like, it's not Cyberpunk's not coming. I should probably just get Pikmin. You got some it time? It'll me over. Yeah, I do. Give us something to talk but about. And then I got the everyone show. coming at me saying, "Oh, you need to play Fire Emblem." I had you on my case. I've had Dave on my case, and I really should just play the games I already own that's just the adult thing to do but you're but not going saying, to are you no, no
0: no so just get pikmin
1: <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch i bought some other games this week so we'll
0: see oh great i can't i can't hey. buy new games but i bought some other games are you kidding me you just I bought the for the second time last week we well, just spent 100 yeah, bucks on games this month
1: <laughs> i couldn't resist nino Kuni because it was seven pounds and I was like, for seven pounds. And I had some coins, so I got it for like six pounds. I was like, this is a steal. There was no way I was turning down no Are you that even price. gonna play it though? I've been playing it. You been having fun with it? Man, that that game's like real cutscene heavy at the beginning.
0: I mean Have yeah. you played it. That's like that's one a lot the, of the cutscenes. That's like one of the main appeals of the game is that it has the studio Ghibli
1: cutscenes. I I get that it's cool, but the weird thing about it is the sound levels are totally different between the cutscenes and like the really beautiful anime, and then it goes back to the normal game, and the audio levels are totally different. Like the game is way louder than That's the cutscene, so I'm, I'm like like turning it up, and then it gets back to the game, and it's like full
0: blast. So I've got to turn it back down again. It's really frustrating. Is there like any settings you could play with to like turn like the music volume don't down think or something? So,
1: no, no, okay. I don't think so.
0: Damn, that's Is this the
1: speech? It's like the actual speech as well. Everything is just a lower level. So I am not... To be honest, I haven't really got that far in the game yet. I just wanted to touch on it and say, this is probably what I'm going to be playing for the like, for the next instead week. Instead of Pikmin 3. We'll see. Yeah, instead of Pikmin 3. You're really
0: going to just piss on Pixelpar's grave like that? Yeah. He's dead, man. The least you could do is honor him, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's rough. That's really rough, but okay. It's fine, let's hope it's I, I
1: I I don't know. I just I can't justify to myself buying Pikmin at this point. I just can't.
0: But you can justify buying all these other games? You're yeah. killing me. I know, it's crazy. Your rules don't make any <laughs> sense. There's
1: no consistency. <laughs> No, I know. And there was, there's no consistency in this because as soon as I see everyone posting screenshots of Pikmin on Twitter tomorrow, I'm going to want to buy it. And it's probably going to happen. And next week, I'm probably going to be sat here talking to you about how much I've loved Pikmin this week.
0: <laughs> I and hope you know so. it's going to happen. It happens every single time. Well, I mean, I hope you pick it up and actually play it because that's, that's what I, I don't like is when you pick up the game that everyone's talking about and then you don't touch it at all. And then here we are almost two years later, in fact, I think it is two years later, still lobbying for you to play it, you know?
1: Where? Is it two years? Fire Emblem?
0: Yeah, it came out like two years ago. it was last year. It was last year. No, it was
1: 2018, wasn't it? No way, it was last year. Are you sure? Yeah, 100%.
0: No, wait. You're probably right. No, you're right. You're right. 2018 was it was your Spider-Man game of the year last year. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. It came out in July 2019. It just feels like two years because time is meaningless.
1: Because, because 2020s had like 60 months in it. Yeah, I know. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. Fine. So a year and a half later. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So aside from Nino Kuni, you've also uh, been playing more Diablo, and I know you kicked the tires on the Age of Calamity demo. You want to touch on that a little bit? <laughs>
1: Yeah, so Diablo I've been playing, Just I, I wanted to just touch on it because I played Adventure Mode for the first time. I've only ever played the story campaign and Adventure Mode's actually been really fun. It's a lot more grindy, um, but it's turned into the perfect TV game. Like we're rewatching The Office at the moment, so I'll just grind through the stuff that I already know, uh, which has been fun. And Ooh, then, yeah, I downloaded... That
0: reminds me, on After Dark, I finished The Good Place, we should talk about that.
1: Oh, absolutely, I need to talk about The Good Place then. Yeah, make a note of that. We're going to talk about The Good Place. You got it. Because last week we said we were going to talk about something on After Dark, and I don't think we ever No, it. no, we didn't at all. We yeah. just
0: forgot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, I picked up the Age of Calamity demo, and I'm so glad there was a demo because I am absolutely not buying that game. I realized fairly quickly that I didn't play Breath of the Wild for the story, and that gameplay is just its not for me. It's not fun. It's honestly, it's as dull as dishwater. You're there battling off the same, literally the same model of enemy over and over and over again. There's hundreds of them. Don't you want to feel like really a it's really, really boring. Though? I don't feel like that. I, it, and then and then the frame rate drops all the time. It like constantly <laughs> drops. It has not a smooth gameplay. It's, it's only a demo, It's only a demo. I don't care. You know, it's it, this is what it's going to be I, like. And then the map in the right hand corner it's just the clunkiest map. It was so difficult to read and it kept like moving. It's not like the, it's not the traditional breath of the wild map. It's some other weird thing. And I didn't know how to read it properly. I just, I, I backed out of that game after about 15, 20 minutes. And I, I know that I'm never going back.
0: <laughs> I'm, uh, we'll have to see. I'm interested to get the tires on it tonight. Apparently the, <laughs> apparently the, um, the demo is the entire first chapter and it, has like upwards of like two hours of content. So yeah,
1: I'm, okay. uh, well, you know, we'll see. I'll watch you play. But do you know the other weird thing about it? I don't know if you've seen anyone posting screenshots of it, but they've made it. So whenever you take a screen cap, it puts the, this weird, massive copyright notice at the bottom of every single screenshot. Screen yeah, reporting. I did see
0: that. Why? That's weird. I don't know. I wonder if that's just it's for like, the what? demo. I hope so, because that's
1: going to get really irritating if it's for every single screenshot or screen cap from that game. And I really don't want it to set a precedent for future Nintendo games.
0: I wouldn't think it would, because it's ob- it's not a Nintendo-developed game. Like They worked on it and pu- are publishing it, but it's you know it's a Namco Bandai joint. Or no, not them. Um, Koei Tecmo. Koei Tecmo, thank you. <laughs> uh, Koei Tecmo joint. So we'll have to see. But uh, I, I'm excited to give it a shot. We'll see how we feel about yeah. it. We'll see how we feel.
1: I don't want to jade your opinion, or like, I don't, I really don't. But I just, I don't see the appeal of this game. I really do not understand why people find this type of game enjoyable. Now, I mean, and I'm sure I'm going to get hate mail coming because I know we had some people on Twitter already saying that they they wanted your opinion to be swayed.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Like, I, I gen generally agree with you. Where like they. Um, warriors games don't tend to speak to me. So, mm, and I, kind of resent this game a little bit because of the whole, uh, I was tweeting about it earlier this week. The one game of this ilk that I really want to play is persona five strikers. Um, And now it's potentially not coming to the West. Are they at least not talking about it while they promote this game. And I'm just like, stop because that's the one I want. (laughs) And I need that story. And I, I, you know, I don't appreciate this. I don't appreciate this one bit. So nah. we'll see what happens. I'm I'm going to reserve judgment until I play it on the Twitch stream. That last trailer, the last couple times we've gotten to see it, like things about it have appealed to me. And then other things have very much been like, ah, this looks like exactly what I don't like. So I don't know. I really don't think this game is for me, but I'm glad that there's a demo so that I can either prove it to myself and just like, you know, put it to bed or I can decide that I'm interested enough in it that I want to, kick the tires on it. But I think either way, I'm gonna let Sarah buy it and steal her copy or something. <laughs> because
1: I mean it, it'd be nice for that way round forwards because she runs off with all your copies, plays them over and over and over again on repeat. Maybe you'll do the, the, the same Wild thing with this one.
0: Right now. Oh no. <laughs> she started again. She's on vacation for a week and she's like, you know what, I'm gonna play this again. This is a great self care game. And I was like, you're you're a monster. You're an unbelievable monster. Oh my god. So yeah, we'll I'll uh, we'll have some more impressions on that one next week after the stream and we'll see. We'll see how that one that nets out for me. But uh let's jump into the news. So we got the final direct mini partner showcase this week. And uh, I think I think regardless of you know what kind of games you're into, I, I feel like this was another one where it felt like there was kind of something for everybody. Um mm-hmm. I think some of the announcements slash trailers and stuff, I think are probably tempered by the fact that they're games we've seen a bit of before. Um, But I did think overall, like, this was a pretty strong package. It was pretty well-paced. It's 18 minutes of, like, high-quality announcements versus, you know, some of them in in the past. There's definitely been games where it's like, who is this really for? Like, who's really excited about this? You know, where I feel like there's a much stronger case to be made to me, here for all of the games that were included here, which you know I didn't see as much negativity around this one as as I feel like we have for a lot of these partner directs. So, so that's solid.
1: I think it's because there's more variety this time. A lot of the previous ones, it seems to have been very much focused on one type of game, one genre of game. But we saw that specific, I think, with the the first one where they announced the um, Shin Megami Tensei game that everyone was kind of just like, really, is that it? Because I think we were so hyped at that point for any news about Mario 35 and any of the Mario 35th anniversary stuff. We hadn't got anything then that everyone was anticipating that and they, they just felt really deflated when it wasn't a game that was for them. Whereas in this one, because it's the final one of the year, I think they just pulled out all of the, the punches that they had left and just made uh, all their cards on the table.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. So let's jump into it. Um, the we're we're gonna go like roughly in order. I've I've moved some things around just in terms of like flow and interest, but uh, and we're not gonna comment on Bakugan because we've commented on how neither we're both too old. We don't know anything about Bakugan. Like great for the kids who are gonna play Bakugan, right? Um,
1: I, I watched it with Macaulay, who I think probably is old enough to know what Bakugan yeah. is. And they were just like, "Oh, so it just looks like Pokemon." I was like. It's not Pokemon, it's like based on something else, but yeah, kind of.
0: But basically, yeah. Yeah. Bakugan is, uh, it's a It's a young, that's a young gamer's game. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we, we kicked things off with an update on Bravely Default 2, uh, and they fucked my Game Awards prediction into the ground, where I thought we would see exactly what we saw here. We'd be like, it'll be an update on the game, but oh, we got all this great feedback from the, the demo that we did, so we're pushing it back and blah, 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 blah. That's exactly what we got here. So I'm does, pretty does sure... Does this mean I
1: win by default now? Like, you know, you no. say that
0: you lost just because <laughs> yours if, you, if yours doesn't come true, then it's <laughs> we're, we're, we're square. Um, So, Doc, I believe it was you who said you were going to keep track of our bets. If you could update that uh, I have... I have lost this point here, but I believe we had some other ones laid out. So we'll see how that we'll see how that nets out uh, in our wrap up conversation at the end of the year. Uh, give me an update when you get a chance, Doc. Uh, but they they did give us some more information. They they showed us more of the asterisk bearers, who are characters who uh, when you defeat them you acquire what's called an asterisk which will let you change jobs which is like kind of one of the main mechanics of bravely default is having different uh class jobs and then like learning those skills and kind of making uh like hybrid characters you know that like have skills from from whatever different you know things that you uh you pull into the mix so um they showed off some new ones uh, like there was like the Vanguard who's like this dude with a big shield and it's like defensive, but you have this crazy like, you know, shield attack that deals a ton of damage. There's like a bard, which, you know, can do buffs and debuffs. There's like a Beastmaster, who's like, uh, you know, can like summon animals and different creatures and stuff. And um, so we got to look at a bunch of the different other like kinds of either new abilities or ones that are kind of returning and Um, It definitely gave us more of an idea of, like, I think what some of the mechanics that will be in your arsenal will be. Um, And they also talked about, like, some of the feedback that they got from the demo and, like, how they're specifically looking at things like difficulty and controls and trying to over, you know, uh, overhaul and improve the entire experience and everything, so... You know, it's a fairly standard update and they, they gave us the uh, you know the pushback of February 26, 2021 for the release date now, which seems like a good place for it. I think February is like, you know.
1: At the moment, it seems like a good place for it, but who knows what's around the corner. That's the thing.
0: Yeah, it's possible. I mean,
1: it you- seems to me like Nintendo's hyping up April, though. We're taking everything off sale in March. So let's keep April clear by the looks of it.
0: Yeah, I, I I feel like January and February are like, usually you get one or two big games in that window, but if memory serves right now, I can't think of anything that's like squarely in that window right now.
1: Everything keeps, seems to be getting pushed back anyway. Like um, Ubisoft announced today that a bunch of their games are getting pushed back. <sighs> like Far Cry uh, nothing 6. has been announced for Switch. Yeah, Far Cry 6 and Rainbow Six. Uh, Rainbow Six? Is it Rainbow Six? Yeah, 6?
0: Rainbow Six siege not siege that's the other one it's not siege it doesn't the matter new one. the new I one don't know what is <laughs> um, the new one that probably won't be coming to switch unless it's a cloud version save it save it we didn't get there yet clouds <laughs> what, what about clouds uh there's no final fantasy 7 on switch <laughs> except there is where
1: are you sitting where are you sitting with bravely default though
0: because uh, i know you were a big fan of the first one yeah i really like the first one on the 3ds i i don't know like i don't like the way it looks No, me neither. I was like, this looks like a
1: really cheap game. Like, Like, And that's a horrible thing to say, I know, but it doesn't look good. It looks really rough.
0: Yeah, and and it's like the original had kind of a a, a shibby, like, lo-fi look like that, because it was a 3DS game, and it's like, well, it's a 3DS game, so that's fine. But, like, when you look at the quality of game that is capable on the Switch, and, like, you know, you look at Like, something like Octopath Traveler that they did that was, like, all Mm -hmm. pixel art. It's, like, I kind of would have rather them go in one of those two extremes of, like, you know, let's really, like, try to get a really nice, clean, shibby style or, like, just go for sprites or something like that. Something that's simpler. Um, Obviously not necessarily simpler to make. Sprites are, are expensive in a lot of cases. But I don't know. Like, the whole... Like, it looks like a 3DS game with smooth edges. It's like, ah, I don't know about this. I don't like the character designs. I don't like their faces. Like, it's it's off. And granted, that's not the appeal of the game for me. It is the combat. It is, like, the job system. It's all the stuff that they were talking about from a gameplay perspective. That um, is the reason that I liked Bravely Default. But I don't know. I don't know. Like, I... I want to maintain optimism for it, but I, between the demo, like not being super well received and the sequel to bravely default, you know, the original sequel, um, not being very good by all accounts. Like it just makes me worry that this is going to be another one that's going to die on the vine and like not necessarily come together in the way that I want it to.
1: Yeah. It seems like Octopath though was, it was kind of in a similar vein where people, I think, um, really liked the first game. It was made by the same people that did um, the one that begins
0: with an S. I can't remember. Oh, um, I'll look it up. I, I know what you're talking about. Keep, keep making your point.
1: And um, it seemed like that one didn't hit as as uh, well as well as their previous game. And they did that same weird thing with the with the demo and taking the feedback and doing all of that stuff as well. It just seems like a very weird development process to kind of do these almost early access but not quite it's just part of the game it's a demo and then you you kind of go back to it afterwards
0: hmm. i'm having trouble finding the game that you're referencing cuz i actually i think you might be thinking of that other studio that they have
1: oh you yeah you might be right cuz they
0: have a few different schedule uh mini studios that like make these kind of games or whatever but um i don't know though i don't it's tough to say, because I feel like a lot of people really loved Octopath. Like, it was one of the best-selling games on the Switch when it came out. And granted, that was at a point where, like, there was a smaller library and less mm-hmm. games were coming out, but I know I didn't necessarily connect with it the way I thought I was going to, but...
1: It got, it got 80% on Metacritic, that's so not it's bad. High.
0: Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, I... I'm kind of a wait-and-see on this one. Like if it comes out and it's like swimming in you know seven range, then it's like I'll probably pass. But if it comes out and it's you know like in a similar level as like Octopath, where it's like in in the eights for like Metacritic or whatever, and and people are like, yeah, like it's not pretty, but it's got a great system, it's a tight game, like that's fine. You know, I can I can get past not loving the graphics if if the gameplay is there.
1: Yeah, so we'll see where you we're. Know, at. You would- you were totally right as well. I was thinking about I Am Setsuna by yes. um, the Tokyo RPG Factory. So yeah, totally different um, studio, but it's also owned and published by Square Enix.
0: Yeah, I knew you were thinking of I Am Setsuna. I just could not get there. And I, like I when I went to the a page for Acquire, who was the studio that they worked with for uh, Octopath, I was like, it's not on this list and it's way longer, so I don't think this is them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then they also showed off Story of Seasons, Pioneers of Olive Town. I don't know if this was the first time we've seen this no it's not the first time I, I, i was gonna say i know we've seen other story of seasons games on switch but it's like i they all kind of bleed together after a certain point it's like this is the series that the team who originally did harvest moon you know this is their series now and you can see that it looks like a harvest moon game it's like the same style animals and everything and you know it's very familiar looking and
1: I love how it goes full circle, though, because I saw a lot of people saying how much this looks like Stardew Valley, which obviously was heavily inspired by Harvest Moon in the first place. Right, and course. then this is the original team behind Harvest Moon making kind of a spiritual successor to the game now that it's been taken over by,
0: by um, another team. Right. And they just destroyed that series. They don't really make Harvest yeah. Moon games anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It's like... In a, in a different climate, I think this game would appeal to me, but it's like, I kind of, I don't know, like I feel like I, I'm, I've i been kind of satiated on this type of game, you know, like with how... By Animal Crossing? Well, and also with how much time I put into, uh, you know, into... Uh, you literally just said it, I'm blanking on the Stardew name. Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley, thank you. How much time I put into Stardew Valley in the first place? It's like, I don't, do I need another farming sim game right now. And if I did, why don't I just play more of that?
1: Yeah. I, I and I prefer the visual style of Stardew Valley to, I do. to this. Uh, I really, really love that game. And he's constantly adding content. So there's there's new updates coming. And like I said, I think a few months back I played it and um they'd added in the ability to like dye fabrics and, and make your own clothes and things like that. So there's constantly new stuff being added to Stardew. I think I'm with you. I'd probably just reach for that game if I was in the mood for a farming sim.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at with it. Um, Not to say that it doesn't look good. I just, I don't know. I just don't feel like I need this game right now. Uh, So then we got another trailer for Immortals Phoenix Rising. This I thought was kind of weird because, like, we've seen this game a bunch and it has had a release date and it's just like, Okay. I
1: don't think we'd seen it again for Switch though. Like we've we'd seen it presented. I think um, Stadia because there's the Stadia demo that you can play now. Right. And I think um, Microsoft had it at their event. And then as, they put out that like
0: forty-five minute or fifteen minutes, whatever gameplay. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: That was the. I think that was the Ubisoft event as well. Mm-hmm. They they yeah, had their own right. thing. So this, this was the first time I think we'd seen any gameplay that was on Switch because the previous ones I think was probably running on PC or on Series X or PS5. Uh, and it was interesting to me to see uh, how, it, how it performs. I I actually think it looks pretty good considering the visual cuts they've had to make in order to, to get it to run on Switch. Uh, i'm glad that it's coming but i think this is going to be one of those games i play on my new Xbox
0: yeah that's kind of my takeaway from this like getting this look at it like i don't think it looks bad on switch by any any stretch and if like that's where you want to play it i think it you know it, it looks fine um it definitely looks serviceable but knowing that i'm gonna have like the shiny new Xbox why not play a better you know higher fidelity version of it
1: yeah, this release date just sucks now because it's it's seven days before Cyberpunk. And it means I'm probably missing out on playing this at launch because I know I'm going to be so invested in Cyberpunk that I can't invest the time to play Phoenix.
0: Yeah, I imagine I'm going to be in a similar boat. Although, with the power of quicker Zoom, who's to say? Maybe you can play <laughs> both. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm excited for this game. Um, December 3rd, pre are live today. I'm definitely going to pick this one up. I just I have a feeling it's going to end up being like the game I'm playing in January and being like, oh, this was so yeah. good. I ah, I wish I had played it at launch so I could have big, you know, like given it more hype and whatever. But uh, I, I imagine I'm going to be knee deep in cyberpunk at that point, too. So then we got another look at No More Heroes 3, uh, and we know it's coming to Switch in 2021. Kind of the big news really here was that the first two No More Heroes games, No More Heroes and No More Heroes 2, Desperate Struggle, which were both originally on the Wii, are going to be coming to Switch. And by are going to be coming, I mean they're available right now. So uh, if you are like me and have never played any of the No More Heroes games, your window's open now. You could give them a shot. I, I am
1: very much like Q. I have never played them, but I don't know if I have any desire to.
0: I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. I. Um, this is one of those series that, like, I totally recognize. Um, like, w- whatever I'm about to say is coming from a total place of ignorance. I've never played them, have no relationship to them. But uh, it kind of reminds me of, like, when everybody was, like, really hyped about Astral Chain and we were both just, like, nah. Uh, I, I don't get this. I don't get the appeal of this. That was how I felt when I was watching the, the trailer. I was like, this is like, ah, it just, it feels super generic. You know, like it just feels like, oh, look, it's like a loud, zany Japanese action RPG. Like there aren't a dozen of those, you know? And like, again, like if that's your deal, if that's your kind of game, like I totally get that. You know, in the same way that, like, there are certain things that really push the button for me that might not push it for you. uh. But I just, I don't know, for all the, like, hype around this series, and, like, I know it's a more, like, niche Nintendo hype franchise, but, like, there are people who fucking love No More Heroes and that are all about it and were so stoked for this. And, like, when they announced that Travis was going to be, like, a Mii Fighter costume, like, people were upset about that. Why isn't he a real fighter? Blah blah. blah. You know, it's, like, there's clearly love for this series, but I look at it and I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. I I don't, I don't see anything about this that like strikes a chord with me.
1: No, I'm absolutely with you. Um, But I might, I'm willing to be proven wrong. I'm willing to, to give them a try, but it's not going to be something I pick up right now. Uh, I kind of want to see some gameplay and maybe watch some Twitch streamers play it and see what the appeal is. Because I do think, yeah, it might look generic to you, but I think it might be one of those games that clicks and you're just like, oh, yeah, 100% click with these characters and gel with them. Very much like I'm sure people will see Persona 5 and they go, oh, look, another JRPG right. with anime cutscenes. It looks generic. I really don't want to play that. But when you play it, you you kind of click with it. And so maybe it is like that. And, and I don't just want to dismiss it because I've never played it. It doesn't look good to me. Um, because it might be a great game, and I think the No More Heroes and No More Heroes Two were both kind of critically acclaimed, or, or at least became cult classics, very much. Um, but I do think part of that is probably down to the creator. I think Suda's got a bit of a reputation, doesn't he?
0: He's got a cult of personality for sure, but I think this is the series that like gave him that. Right? Was that people fucking love No More Heroes, and he's like a you know like a zany game dev type character Mm -hmm. so people are like yeah we fucking love Suda. we love no more heroes and like you said like i this is totally not me trying to pass judgment it's more just like this is my read on it watching this trailer and like as someone who has no excitement for it like trying to go in with an open mind it's just like i don't nothing about this is connecting with me but maybe it is the kind of game where you just gotta get your hands on it so uh, another game that we got a look at that is also available now is Part-Time UFO. So this is a game from Hal Labs, uh, the Kirby studio. And they, um, I think this was originally a mobile game. Affy was telling me yeah. on Twitter. And uh, and that, yeah, now they brought it to Switch. You play like a little UFO guy who looks exactly like the Kirby UFO power-up from you know, any of the pixel-based Kirby games and uh it's basically like a crane game where you're like stacking things to get high scores and everything it looks super cute um i could totally see it being like a good tv game or or something like that
1: oh no i think this is going to be a a quiet couch co-op killer game to get because they've added the new co-op mode and they added a couple of other modes in uh to the switch version and i actually think it could be really fun to piss the other person off with the, the UFO as you like kind of do it, you stack all the stuff up and it, it really reminded me of some of the mini games from uh, Warrior Land 4 mm. in very much like oh I'm stacking up people that are kind of um, very Jap- Japanese and quirky or maybe even like um, a 2D Katamari Damacy in terms of the visual style I, I really like the look of this it game. kind of I reminded I me of like I'm snipper clips
0: out. yeah it's <laughs> quite snipper clipsy yeah yeah, this I thought this looked really cute. Um, I I'm interested in it. I, it's one of those games I'm, I throw on my wish list, and if it's like on sale, I think I'll I'll probably snap it up if I'm yeah in between. And stuff.
1: Nintendo does what they, it does to you, what they did to me, and they sent me an email where I had 11 games for, on my wish list that were on sale, and I was like, I don't know which one to pick.
0: <laughs> That's why you got to keep taking stuff off. I keep I keep I my know. wish list tight. If I yeah. lose interest in a game, it's gone done snipped <laughs> snip that clip uh so then we got to look at another indie game called surviving the aftermath uh summer 2021 this is like a apocalyptic post-apocalyptic uh like like not city but like settlement management sim type game yeah very much look like some of the settlements
1: you would see in uh the last of us like they like put up uh the the big wire walls around it and you're building up a post-apocalyptic civilization.
0: Yeah. You start but with I like basically really a bunch of like cars apocalypse. and then like eventually they showed you the ability to like get an electricity grid back online and all this stuff and you know other groups come and try to steal your shit. Yeah, so I believe it's from the same team that made Surviving
1: Mars. Oh, really? I think it yeah, so I I I think um this could be a good one, because that is that is meant to be uh, a, a great game. I've not played it myself, but I do like a, a good management sim.
0: Yeah, I heard it was cool. Um, but yeah, I I'd never, I'd never played that one either. Uh, it looks like it's got a semi-solid rating on Steam. So, might be one to keep an eye out for. Uh, it looked cool. I like that kind of game. So I haven't gotten into one in a while. And I I don't know. I think I generally prefer those games on PC, which is why I think I don't really play I definitely them do. anymore. <laughs> but uh, maybe keep an eye out for that one. Speaking of management sims, uh, we also got Tropico 6. The Nintendo Switch edition is uh, pre-orders are live today. It comes out on November 6th. I love Tropico. Love Tropico. Yeah, but
1: I don't think you should buy this version looking at the the quality of it
0: yeah it looked very like
1: it looked rough as fuck like what hazy
0: like,
1: like there's like a fog over it everything. reminded me it reminded me of what arc looks like on the switch mm-hmm. like that's genuinely what it looked it was like blurry edges and didn't look optimized at all it looks like they really wanted to get this game on switch and they probably struggled to do so and this is what they ended up with
0: I think, if anything, this just makes me want to go get Tropical on my PC and play it there. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I really had a good time with Tropico 4. I think it was in college. It was like, I sunk a, a couple weekends into that and was like, ah, I love this game. <laughs> so much fun. Uh, and then they showed off another indie, Grifflands, um, the Nintendo Switch edition. I, I guess this is already on PC or something, probably. Uh, And it's like a deck building roguelike and it looked really cool. It's like a like turn based like squad, you know, RPG kind of thing. But you're also like have the deck building element, I guess, to like take turns. And there's like a conversation system that you'll see in like a lot of like pen and paper style RPGs. So like it's combining a lot of things that work for me personally together. And it's got like a solid looking art style. Um, Ten out of ten on Steam.
1: Okay, that's that's high praise then.
0: Very positive recent reviews, overwhelmingly positive overall reviews, and that's almost five thousand reviews. So that's pretty good. Um, and it just came out this this year.
1: I really liked the visual style on this one. Um, I don't know that deck building games are massively for for me. I I did get into Hearthstone a while back though, when that the kind of first came to mobile. I was big into that, so it could be that I I end up picking this one up. I'll um, we'll have to see what the reviews are like when it comes it comes out on Switch.
0: I imagine it'll work fine. Like it's like a yeah, pretty simple do.
1: style, so it's usually the controls that are the the hardest thing to transport to a controller. Because uh, deck building games very much are a lot easier
0: with the, with the mouse. Sure, but I mean we've seen plenty of games pull it off, like stuff like Darkest Dungeon and you know
1: that uh, Witcher one.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure, or like Rain, whatever. So like there there's plenty of games that make it work. I think it'll probably just control more like a like a RPG, right? Than like mm-hmm. you're just clicking cards. Um but yeah, so I'm I'm interested in that one. That's one I'm gonna keep an eye on uh summer twenty twenty one. So get hype. Uh all right, so we're gonna move into our main topic here. We had two other announcements that came out of this um this direct that I want to kind of pivot off into its own little conversation, which is uh, Nintendo Switch is getting versions of Hitman 3 and Control, both of which are um, being played via cloud streaming technology. So both of them are, you know, essentially like the, the, the West's, I think, first proper exposure to this tech. Because we know it's existed on the Switch for a while. Like Resident Evil 7 was available in Japan on Switch via streaming, yeah, I
1: mean, and that had the weirdest payment scheme that you bought time, you like bought credit in right. order to stream it and buy it. Whereas these are at least at least control is more of a traditional buy the game, you can play the game system.
0: Um, and I know there's been a few other examples. I believe there was like an Assassin's Creed or something like that that also yeah that took was, advantage. Yeah, that was of this Japan
1: tech. exclusive.
0: That um, was Odyssey, I believe. Yes, I think you're right. And and again, we I don't think to my knowledge that we've seen that overseas yet so this is our first exposure to this this uh scheme so i i wanted to use this as kind of a jumping off point uh to talk about what we think about this being you know like is this the future of third-party ports on switch you know if we want games like this on switch is this the way that they come and is the switch prepared for that So i I know that uh, you picked up control this week. Uh, Surprise! We saved it for this part of the show. Um, (laughs) And I saw that you had tweeted, and we're talking about in our in our Discord and everything about how there's this. uh, There was like a queue system where the servers were flooded. Obviously, brand new game. People are trying to kick the tires on it, and you couldn't get in. No. So I downloaded the
1: game. I tried to get in. I tried once and I was in a queue. The first queue I got into was just over 500. And I was just like, oh, I'm going to go make dinner and I'll come back later. And hopefully once the hype died down, because it had just been, the stream had just gone. And um, I was like, I'll come back and I'll try again. I came back about three hours later. The queue was 1,800. It took like three 20 to 30 minutes to get through that queue in order to be able to get to the 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 main screen of the game and to me that just sucks as an experience i get that this essentially was a free demo and so people were interested in in checking it out but it also seems like you were put into that same queue if you'd had paid the 40 dollars to buy the game so there is a demo which Yes. Yeah, so there's a demo that you download and you can play I think for thirty minutes or an hour. And then after that it says you basically need to buy the game. So they give you the demo so in you order to just see if I was trying the demo okay. again.
0: Interesting. I mean, you gotta imagine they're giving preferential treatment to those who Paid for it.
1: I would hope so. Yeah, I, but I also tried it again today because there's two different modes of two control. There's the uh, enhanced performance or enhanced visual quality modes. So I had tried and eventually when I got in the uh, enhanced performance mode, which run which ran great to be honest. There was you could definitely feel there was a little bit more latency than if you were playing um just locally on the device uh-huh. but it felt very much like i don't know if you've ever done the ps4 remote play or the xbox one remote play where it streams either to a, a computer or to your ps beta or to your phone and you can control that it very much felt like that level of latency it wasn't unplayable it was fine uh, and it ran fine on my like 60 megabit a second connection with no issue whatsoever and i t- Today, I wanted to try out the other mode, the visual fidelity mode, which to my eyes looks absolutely no different, but that was laggy as hell. So I think it struggles on my low connection in order to, to do that. But, sure. um, it's good that they give you the, the option for both. And And my tweet when I was in that queue was very much like, I get that this is a free experience. I get that this is brand new, but this sucks if this is the future of gaming. What I don't want is for that to be day one of every single game I get. Like I know that that's the experience people have for multiplayer games. It's been the experience for the people that want to play the latest expansion on World of Warcraft for decades, but I don't want that to be the experience for single player games. And if that's where we're headed, it sucks. I don't want to come home and want to just play my game that I'm really excited about. And I have to queue for 30 minutes in order to be, to to even get into the game.
0: Yeah. I mean, especially right. Like the, you know, uh, it's like not a unique conversation in this show. I think anyone who, you know, is, uh, is an adult who plays video games, like the amount of time you have to play every week is limited and it gets more and more limited as you grow up. You know, Um, I know we have a lot of listeners who are um, either a couple years older, a couple years younger than us. And I think whichever way you skew, there's a huge difference in how much time you have to game, right? Like when you're in your early twenties and you're single and, you know, you're, whatever, right? Like working uh, maybe like a part-time job, like you've got a lot more free time to spend on games. And when you're, you know, married or own your own business or, or have like a career job that you're working late and all that kind of stuff, like the time you have to game is precious. And I don't want to spend 30 minutes waiting for something. Like I don't have 30 minutes to give. That's 30 minutes of time I want to spend playing, you know? Yeah. Um. So with that in mind... Like, let's assume that that's not a problem with the, the, like, if you pay for it, right? If you're not going for the free demo, let's assume you can just get in. Do you feel like that experience was satisfactory? Because I, I'm really fascinated by this dialogue. And especially going into this next generation of like, I've been one of those people who's like, I want everything on Switch, put it on Switch. But, I don't want big AAA games on Switch, and I've never really wanted them. Um, and it, particularly moving into the Xbox Series X, PlayStation Five generation, it's like I don't, I straight up don't understand wanting those games on Switch because why? Because they're never going to be good. Like they're they're always going to oh, be. Yeah.
1: So you're saying you're saying you don't want them in their current state, where we're like taking. Uh, Wolfenstein or, or doom and we're taking it down from 60 frames per second to 30 frames per second and then we're losing all of the glossy visual effects that make it that game but you know you're not saying i don't want the streaming version
0: well i guess i guess my question is like do you think this is a solution to that or is it just a band-aid for an existing problem because like i i guess my point is that as somebody who owns other ways to play games I'm never going to play one of these games on Switch. Like, Control coming to Switch is not something that matters to me at all. Because if I want to play Control, I could play it on my PlayStation 4, I can play it on my PlayStation 5 when it comes out, or I could get it on Xbox, or I could get it on my PC. Pretty sure I have a free copy but, on my PC.
1: But you're aware that's, like, a, a luxurious place to come from.
0: Right, exactly. And that's, that's my thing, is, like, as that person... I that I that's a privileged position, right? I have multiple consoles. This next generation, I'll have all of them, so I can play any game anywhere at, at, at any time I want. So I wouldn't. I pick the best version or the version that works the most in the way that I want to play it, right? But yeah, um, so I, that's I guess where like I recognize that I I have like distance between me and and maybe what the average person is experiencing, but I also like have that kind of question in mind of just like if the switch is your only hardware platform and and that's why you feel so strongly that you want you know these big the biggest games of the year to come to switch like are you willing to make those concessions to play that lesser version like is that worth it and aside from that is this cloud streaming thing actually a solution to that problem like can you get a, a, a version that's close that has like, you know, almost parity with the versions that other people are able to enjoy on other platforms. Because like looking at Control and Hitman 3, those are not new games, you know, and like. I mean, Hitman 3 is not even out yet. That's true. um which It's built on the same engine as Hitman 2, though, isn't it? It is, but I would imagine
1: it's got some enhancements and yeah. they they seem to, with Hitman 2, include all of Hitman 1's levels and I would imagine with Hitman 3 they'll include all of Hitman 1 and Hitman 2's levels. So it potentially is a way if you've never played those games and, and Hitman's not really a high action game. It's more of a stealth, follow someone around. So I could actually see that one working really well as a cloud streaming game. But something like assassin's creed for example which we mentioned previously if you've got any kind of lag that will ruin that game
0: and it like it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like this isn't a system played by lag right and we all know how the nintendo switch handles online is less than ideal so i guess like like and if you have like mediocre internet I feel like that's only, it's going to be like a terrible experience, right? Like you have mm-hmm. pretty solid internet and you're still experiencing problems.
1: Oh, yes. I think Cronius in Discord was saying that he tried on his 15 megabit a second connection and it was so laggy he couldn't play control at all. So he just gave up with it. And that's absolutely fair. As long as I think they give you that um, ability to test it before you have to commit to purchase it, then I'm fine with it. But I actually don't think these games would ever be for me on the switch the reason i want the triple a games on the switch is so i can take them out of my house so when i do go away for the weekend and i just find myself having some downtime at my parents house or somewhere maybe likely without an internet connection i can play them mm. but without that internet connection i can't play these games they're completely useless so i i kind of see that as just the antithesis of what the switch was designed for it was designed as this portable console you take your home console with you take it anywhere you go you can't do that with hitman 3 or control they have to stay in in the home and maybe if this was like the nintendo switch home console which has been rumored for a while that there is just going to be a home version of the switch maybe it works great on those but I don't know. I think what I would prefer is we have like, we allow xCloud or Stadia or something where I can pay for like a subscription service to have these streamable games rather than paying what is a a full price game for something where they could just, you know, the company that's doing the streaming could go bust tomorrow and the game's gone and you can never play again.
0: Yeah. And I think like with how shoddy it seems like the tech is there, it's I just, I don't know, like, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm not the target audience for this, but I, I have a hard time seeing the value in these ports and like how good are they really gonna do? How many people are really gonna wanna play these games this way, you know? You gotta think though that this
1: was probably mostly done by the company that's providing the streaming. I can't remember the name offhand. Uh and they probably just provided a PC build of the game with the um the pro controller support. Settings turned all the provided way down. That, yeah. Settings turned down and allowed them to stream the game. Which, if that's if that's all the entry is for the developer to say, yeah, fine, I'll put my game on Switch where I was never going to even consider it before, then fine, I'm I'm all for it. But what's your what's your view on cloud streaming in general? Because I remember you being quite pro Stadia when they were ready to reveal it and, and getting ready for it. But then when we spoke about it before with the uh, on After Dark a few weeks ago, we spoke about Amazon Luna. And you were like, why does this exist? Who wants this?
0: So just to clarify, I, I wouldn't say that I was like heavily pro Stadia. It was just more like... But you
1: thought it was a cool concept, right?
0: That I, I thought it could be a cool concept. It was more like, I don't think this will be good for the ne- the first one, two, five years. But like eventually you could see the PR, right? Of that you have this library that exists in the cloud and anywhere that you can get Google Chrome open, you can play your video games, Right. I, th- I think that there's there's obviously um, the, the kernel of a good idea there, whether or not Stadia was executed well, which obviously it wasn't.
1: Um, well, I think we can agree and say xCloud's been executed significantly better because it is that all in one or right. all-you-can-eat streaming service. Because you're not paying for and that
0: I, service, right? That's something that you get yeah. as a benefit of Game Pass, and I think that's why xCloud works. Um. But there is rumour that there's going to be this like
1: um, Xbox streaming stick that Phil Spencer was talking about. Right. And presumably that will have a plan that is just streaming only. Because you can get X Cloud you can get uh sorry, Game Pass for PC, Game Cloud for Xbox, and I would imagine there'll be game cloud for streaming, where you just pay like six ninety nine a month and you can stream everything. But the difference with Stadia was you're paying like nine ninety nine a month and then on top of that I Having have to, to pay forty dollars, six sixty dollars for each of the games. Which made no sense whatsoever because once you stop paying for Stadia, you can't play the games anymore. So, what are you paying for? So, at least these, exactly. So, at least these Switch versions, you're paying for the game once and you seemingly have access to it forever. Whereas the like, um, the Resident Evil 7 version that we spoke about before, you bought time, you bought like 30 hours of gameplay for a set amount of time.
0: Yeah. So, to answer your question about how I feel about game streaming, I, I just don't think the tech's there yet. You know, like I, I'm not inherently opposed to the idea. You know, like I think it's clear that streaming and paying for access versus content is kind of the future, um, and it seems to be like where consumers want to go. You know, um, I don't. We've talked about how I don't. I don't know that gamers are necessarily there yet, but. I think as soon as you have a system that is as cheap and works as well as like a Netflix or or you know what whatever have you, um, that's when the the tipping point comes and you start to really see like how much do people care about owning software? How much do people care about owning their game if they get more access to more stuff? And I think that's like why Game Pass is so appealing, right? Is that with Game Pass, you know, I paid like a hundred something bucks or whatever to get two years worth of game pass at that weird through that dollar loophole or what have that. you. And like whatever games I play on game pass, I won't own. And that's okay. Right. Because to me, if I really want a game and I, I feel like I need to hold on to it, I can buy it through game pass at a reduced rate. That to me feels like the best compromise, right? Where you get access to these titles. If they decide to go away, you can grab them before their full price again that seems like a great trade off with with the whole switch situation I, I don't know man like i don't i, I wouldn't buy one of these games cuz to me, no, me i'm paying full price for a definitively inferior version of the game that i don't own and that's contingent on having an internet connection and servers staying up for this so like you know, I think when people make the argument of, like, oh, if it's a download-only game, like, you know, one day they'll take the Switch offline and then you won't have access to these games anymore and they'll be gone forever and blah, 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 blah. And, like, there are workarounds to that stuff, right? Like, you can, like, realistically, you know, have memory backups. There will always be Switch ROMs that you could flash on it. Like, you you can salvage digital-only games through, you know, alter, well, ul, ulterior uh, means in the future, if need be. But like, with especially this- on the switch,
1: because you can back it up to the SD card. You can move, right. the, physically move the game to the SD card. You, If they said we're taking the service offline, you download more, pop them on a bunch of SD
0: cards or move it over to a, a hard drive somewhere and you, you've got access to the games. Right. Um, and you, you got to imagine that there will be a ROM community around that and everything. Like yeah, the, there there are solutions to that problem, even if it is a problem. There are no solutions. I, I to also this. think you have no recourse if I, this goes offline. That's it.
1: Yeah, well, uh, yeah, absolutely. But I I was just saying, I also think though we seem to be moving away from the idea that we take stores offline. It seems to be that you know with the the sony and playstation moving ps into the next generation is like why well, everything comes with you anyway and i would hope with the the rumor and the discussion that we had a few weeks back about that bloomberg piece where nintendo were trying to make this more of a phone situation that they wouldn't just say we're taking all your software offline we're taking the taking it down from the eShop, or we're just going to turn the eShop off and that the switch brand will live on for decades or even even years to come, if not decades.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a possibility there, but I think, I think either way, uh, the prospect of this makes me uncomfortable. Like, I wouldn't spend sixty dollars on the definitively worst version of this game that you literally like have the least secure access to. That feels like a sucker's bet, man. Um, yeah and i don't however
1: though like that's the argument from our position of privilege like our position of we have a game in pc or uh uh all of the next gen consoles if this is the only console you have the only way you can play the only thing you can afford to play on you've heard that control was like game of the year last year ign's game of the year of 2019 was control and you really want to play it you want to be in that um, in that conversation about the game, or when Hitman Three comes out, for example, or Resident Evil Three is rumored to be coming to this system, and those are the only way. This is the only place you can play it. Do you not think it's better to have it than not have it at all?
0: Not if it's an inferior version, frankly. Like, and I, I think like the threshold for what is acceptable as an inferior version is pretty wide, right? Like, by all accounts, Doom twenty sixteen ran fine on the Switch. Um, it mm-hmm. had some problems like the text is too small and you know the frame rates lower and blah 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 but like if you want to make those concessions fine right like you have the option go for it but I don't know like I I, I guess like it's less a, a question to me of if it if it should but like w- is it worth it because I, I have to imagine the Venn diagram of people who are I'm a a hardcore enough gamer who pays attention to what game of the year was last year, but I only own a Nintendo Switch.
1: Yeah, a that point. Like, who is that
0: person? You know, like, I know that there are, like, hardest of the hardcore Nintendo gamers who I only own a Nintendo console, and that's all I play on. But, like, do you give a shit about Control or Hitman 3 then? Because if you did, wouldn't you probably have a PlayStation or an Xbox as well? Yeah, this, the
1: Switch very much feels like most people's second console. And I think Nintendo's consoles have been that since the Wii. It was, oh, I've bought a PS3 and an or an Xbox 360 and I've also bought a Wii because Wii Sports is, is really fun and I like playing bowling.
0: And And I feel like even if you don't, characterize it as like their quote-unquote second console right like to me i would say i'm probably 50 50 between playstation and and nintendo right like if i'm playing a AAA game it's on my playstation if i'm playing an indie game it's on my switch yeah or or nintendo I'm, i'm
1: i'm significantly more switch than i am um xbox or playstation but i i guess i i didn't mean that in a derogatory way that it's the second console but I don't think it's most people's primary console well, I, I, like if, for a triple a game. I don't think it is mo- the place where most people go. Oh, uh, the only place I can play call of duty, for example, I'm going to play it on Xbox or, or right. PlayStation because it doesn't even come to switch anymore.
0: Yeah. And like, that was, um, that was more my reason of like making that distinction is like less about even like the derogatory angle of it. Just that like, it almost doesn't matter. Like, even if it is your primary system, if you care about AAA games, you probably own one of the HD consoles that exist to play AAA games, right? And if you, which
1: are which are both cheaper than the Switch, right? Xbox One and and PS4 are both cheaper than the Switch.
0: So you know what I mean, like, yeah. Who is that gamer? Who's that gamer who desperately wants to play Control and has no other way to play it than Nintendo Switch and is willing to pay? for a definitively worse version that is contingent upon you playing online. You know what I mean? I don't necessarily
1: think it's definitively worse. It just requires that internet connection. And, you know, there are tons of games that do, but they're multiplayer games. But
0: but doesn't that make it worse, though? Because it's like, it's... it's I can't take it out of the house. Yeah, you can't take it out of the house. It's running on worse hardware. So it's going to have... Uh, a worse refresh rate and less frames per second and lower fidelity. But you don't and- know
1: that it's got less fr- frames per second because it's running in the cloud. We don't know what hardware that's running on. So it could still be like 60 frames per second, but the max it can output is 1080p, obviously, because th- that's all the max the Switch can output. Right. From what I saw, I think it's probably running at 720, and I think the performance version's trying to hit 60. I mean, like, that
0: doesn't, I don't know. That doesn't sound great to me. No. Again, like you could buy the you could buy a used copy on your PlayStation Four right now probably for like twenty or thirty bucks, right? It's like, you know, I don't know. I I just it doesn't it doesn't seem like a great value proposition to me, and I I can't see why someone would
1: would go for it. Moving, but before we move on to the malpolt though, one final kind of um, little tidbit. We're moving into the next generation. Games probably aren't going to be able to be ported anymore from from what it was. You know? no. we, we're not going to be able to have, say, the next uh, um, Assassin's Creed ported over, or, or like whatever like Cyberpunk, <laughs> or Cyberpunk. We had the Witcher Three. Cyberpunk ain't coming. Witcher Three also so, barely works, and that game's like six s- years old. True. So, do you th- would you rather have like no third party support? Like we have like the odd rpg from square enix but ubisoft give up capcom have given up and all we've got is nintendo first party games and indies which for me nintendo first party games and indies is probably all i need or would you rather we had like the streaming stuff
0: i'd rather they don't bother like i personally and again i know okay. that i'm privileged and i have multiple consoles and i can play games wherever i want so that's fine take it take what i'm saying with a grain of salt um, but to me, yeah, I don't I don't feel like they really add anything to the library. These are games that like, I think the vast majority of Switch players are not going to touch. And like uh, like as somebody who has a Nintendo podcast and people ask for my advice on games to play on Switch and stuff, I wouldn't recommend they play these games there. Um, I was talking about it with uh, with my buddy Mike from my band and he's written for the site and stuff. And like he was like, oh, cool, like control. And I was like, don't play it on Switch this will definitively be the worst way to play it, you know? Um, yeah. And I and I, and maybe it's fucked up to say, but I feel like I can say that with full confidence without even touching it, that this will be the worst way to play this game.
1: So why mm, would I mean, you? Stadia or Amazon Luna might be a bit worse. Okay, fine.
0: So great. So those are the services we're arguing <laughs> quality with. That's That says a lot. you know. I mean,
1: those are the competition, aren't they? It's other cloud streaming services.
0: I mean, no, because the other places you can play it are on a PlayStation or an Xbox and there are like six of those that you could play it on that are all either A, old and cheaper that you could pick up if you don't have or you probably already have or get, go ahead and get future-proof. Get one of these shiny new boxes and play control. You know, I don't know. Um, I, So I, that's that's where I'm at. Like I would rather see companies take a page out of ubisoft and squares book and make exclusive games for the switch like mario plus rabbits or yeah, well, you know, when was
1: the last ubisoft exclusive we had it was mario plus Rabbits.
0: yeah but but that's my point is like i would rather see those studios if they want to make nintendo content if they want to make switch content double down and make switch content or bring their smaller games over you know like their the triple I style games, you know, where it's like, oh, we've got our Ubi Arts games and those run great on Switch. Okay, cool. So bring those over. Cause to me, otherwise, like mm-hmm. you're you're putting development, resources, and time towards making like, I don't know, like what what feels like a mediocre version of a game that people really want to play for Switch. And I like it to me it feels like the whole FIFA thing where it's like don't even yeah, bother. but to
1: me, that's what I was gonna say. That the FIFA thing feels like what you're saying. You know, FIFA didn't want to make a version; they didn't want to port the version that they'd made for the other consoles over because it would potentially be a crappy experience. And so they just like, <laughs> I don't know, fucking changed the spreadsheet of names in the game and swap some shirts around and pumped out a Switch-only version.
0: No, but that's what I'm saying. Is like, just make Switch-only games. Don't. Don't do that. Don't port anything to Switch that can't run on Switch, right? Or that needs to make massive concessions or needs to be backdoored in through the cloud. Like, Nintendo doesn't even have voice chat on their fucking console, and you're trying to play cloud games on it? That seems insane. That's where I'm at. So, I know you just teased... uh, the mailpot segment, but we definitely gotta hop into after dark here. So uh thank okay. you to everybody who wrote in. I'm just gonna sit on these for next week because Lord knows there probably won't be news next week aside from Pikmin. So we're gonna have a nice big mailpot episode. So if you wrote in, thank you so much. Uh and we'll we'll get to your question next week, I promise. Oh I unplugged my headphones. Hold on. Okay, fixed it. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys for joining us here in another episode of the podcast. Of course, I've been Pete. He's been Steve. Uh, if you want to get some more content from us, lupots.com, head over to the Twitch channel, check out the archive of our uh, Age of Calamity stream that might turn into a Mario Kart stream. We'll see how that goes. And, I really uh, hope it does. Make sure you uh, get content wherever else you're going. Check out the stuff we've got. we got a YouTube channel. We've got our Twitch every Thursday. Uh, follow at lupots, join the discord right into the show next week. Like I said, we'll have a nice big mail pot episode. So if you want to get your thoughts read right on the air, just like all these fine folks wrote in with the intention of doing, you can of course do that. In any of the ways that I described Write into me at Pete at lupots.com and uh, yeah, just come get, you know, come be a part of it, man. Like if you've been listening to the show, and you've never written in before, I'm, I'm going to challenge you to write in and write in with the burning questions that you want to know or ask us really dumb questions. Tyler's been hitting us with some great, great would you rathers lately um, that are just nonsense. So those are always fun. So however you can, get in touch, write in the show, let us know what you're thinking, what you'd like us to be talking about. Uh, we make the show for you, so we'd love for you to be a part of it, however you choose to. All right, so with that, We've been the podcast signing off. We'll catch you next week.